I think we're good. So last week, I felt like something happened as we talked about dreams. I talked about dreaming again, about us being uh, dreamers, about uh, these God dreams that, that, that are placed in our heart. And I sensed as, as I was speaking that God was really moving in our people. God was really starting to, to say some things to, to our people. In fact, when you came up to me, many of you came up to me and said, I'm really, I really feel that message because God's really shifting or doing something. When I was sitting with the leadership team this past week, they said something shifted on Sunday, on Sunday last Sunday. Like there was more buy-in than I've ever seen before. There was more like, let's go get this city. Let's go do this thing. Let's make this thing happen. Let's, 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 let's salt the city. Let's do this together. So I thought I would do a part two on this, and I want to kind of, and maybe even next week, I want to I dig a little deeper in this dream thing. It's almost like a mini-series within our Summer of Salt series uh, about dreaming, and I want to stir up some passions in you because you've got passions. I want to stir up some dreams inside of you because some of you have lost your dream. You've lost your perspective. And, and, and God often speaks through dreams, and that's what we learned last week. In fact, here's what Proverbs says. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. If you can't see what God is doing, if you don't know what he's doing in the grander picture, you stumble and you go which way and the other. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are what? Most blessed. They are most blessed. So he's revealing things to us. He's showing us things. If you can't see what God is doing in the heavens, in this earth, he's bringing heaven to earth and he's bringing heaven to earth through our dreams. He's bringing heaven to earth. He's speaking to us through dreams and visions. And we need to catch dreams and visions for our life. Because if we don't catch a dream, if we don't catch a vision for our life, we can't do this together as a church. We can't be those, this great commission church that we want to be. Dreams and visions. Um, so so uh, there's nothing more I really want as a pastor today. So as I share this with you, there's nothing I want more as a pastor to see each of you living out that God-given purpose, that God-given dream, that thing that he's given you. That, that's, that's my heart. And my hope is to help you see that, to help you see that dream in your life and in your heart that God's given, given you because he speaks through dreams. He speaks through visions. He gives us pictures. He works in another realm. He works in a place we can't. He, a lot of you hear audible voices of, of God. That's great, man. I wish I could do that. I think I had one experience where I actually felt the audible voice of God, and that was in my calling. When I was called to ministry, I actually heard the voice of the Lord. But, that, but in most cases, in almost every case, I get a sense, I get an impression in my heart, I get, a, I get a picture of what God's showing me about somebody. Sometimes he gives me pictures of some of you. <laughs> and it's like, I got to call that person, I got to talk to that person, I got to send that person a text. Because <laughs> God speaks to us through dreams. He speaks to us in that way. And in Acts, it says this, and I shared this last week, and just to review a little bit, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on what? On all people. And uh, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old man will dream dreams. We'll see visions, we'll see dreams in the last days. Now, some of you are asking, what are the last days? Are we in the last days? Are we in the last days? The quick question to that, the quick answer to that, pardon, is yes, you are in the last days. Now, what are the last days? Does it mean that God's coming back tomorrow? Possibly. 
Jesus is coming back. Yes, he is. We believe that, right? It, it, as sure as, as the sun will rise, he's going to come to us. He's going to return. That's actual scripture. As sure as the sun will rise, he's coming to us. So we believe that he's coming back. But when we look at the picture of the last days in Scripture, it's not necessarily all the, the, the tribulation like a lot of us think. You know, like maybe it's the last years or before the Lord comes. When he says the last days, it was the end of sacrifices and priestly rituals that God would actually be our people. We would be his God. We are the church. We have access to God, personally access to God through Jesus Christ. So are we in the last days? From that point when the disciples went out and became apostles and began to preach the gospel and the church started, guess what? The last days started then. It was no longer the Old Testament era. Now we're in the New Testament era. We're living in the last days. The question is, is the Lord coming back? Well, I hope he comes back soon because things are getting tough, right? But until then, until then, we need to live as if he's coming back tomorrow, but we've got a hundred years to work and, and reach people. We need to live with anticipation that he's coming back because this is mission critical. It's mission critical because God's plan to touch earth is through us. Now God's plan for this world is us. We're like, what's God's plan for my life? To touch people. What's God want me to do with my life? And what does he want to do with my men? To touch people. He wants you to bring heaven down to earth. He wants you to rip heaven out of the sky and bring it to earth. He wants to use us. And God's trying to communicate to you. He's trying to, to, to talk to you, but you're not listening because there's too much going on. We don't listen because we see everything else going on in the world. The, all these issues, all these problems. And my job today is to help you hear God. Is to, is to teach you how to hear God, and he often teaches us through dreams. So I'm going to take you to Habakkuk. Some of you pronounce it Habakkuk. <laughs> but Habakkuk, we're going to take you to, to Habakkuk, who was a prophet. So uh, if you want to turn to Habakkuk 1.5, and, and by the way, we have the online notes. If you want to go to the event, in the uh, Bible.com app, find Salt Church, you can pull that up. And uh, you can follow along with Scripture if you have your Bible. Also, we'll be in 2 Kings as well. 2 Kings, I believe, let me, let me find my notes here. 2 Kings 3, 9 through 14. So Habakkuk 1, 5 and 10 and 2 Kings 3, 9 and 14. So we're going to be dealing with the Old Testament today. Um, we're going to be looking at the Old Testament um, to, to learn how to hear from God. And what we know about Habakkuk is he was a prophet. And in those days, they called him seers seers. They see things. They were able to see things. And Habakkuk is asking the whole, basically the whole book of Habakkuk is, is him complaining to God. Like there's a lot of bad things happening. And then God answers him, you know, and says, here I am, you know, this is what's going to happen. And then at the end of the book, he, he writes a song, a nice song about the things that God is going to do or God is already doing. So, so God is asking where, I mean, or Habakkuk rather, is asking, where are you, God? What, what's going on, God? There's a lot of bad things happening, and I cannot hear you. And, and, and that's a lot like today. I mean, there's a lot of, how many of you would agree that there is a lot of bad things happening? 
There's a lot of things, bad things happening in the world in general. For you personally, there's probably some things that are happening in your life, and you're, you can't understand it. Why, God? You, you find yourself praying, why, God? Why, God? Why, God? Well, this was what Habakkuk was doing. He was, why, God? I mean, we've got, we've got stuff going on all over the world right now. We see, you know, the, the virus is kind of coming back, and there's a lot of fears in the air again, you know, about this variant, and people are freaking out again, and the news media is just kind of blowing it at us, like scaring us to death right? Um, we got the economy that's kind of up and down and here and there, and, and uh, we're, we're, we're starting to get a little nervous about that. Um, we've got, uh, you know, China and Russia and the stuff that's going on there. There's talks about, you know, what's going on and, 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 and how that's interacting with our, our nation. And then we've, we, we see places like Cuba, who, who's, you know, these uprisings about freedom and communism and all, you know, it's, it's just a big talk right now. And it's actually a very scary thing. And we're seeing this all over the world. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me. I need to go study history a little bit, but I feel like I've never been, I don't think there's ever been a time in the world where every area in the world is dealing with something. And it's all because of a virus, right? And it's just, it's just caused a lot of of emotion to build up in this world. It's a, it's a very scary thing. I mean, we, we, it, there's nowhere in the world. I was talking to a missionary early last week, uh, my friend Ron Wooten, who, who's planted over 100 churches in, in East Africa, and we were talking, and he says, even out there, you know, it's like in the cities, you, you see the stuff going on. You see the unrest. You see the emotional energy of people, and the, they're, they're scared, you go out in the villages, he says, it's not so bad because everybody's separated from all that. But, but, but they're even talking about it, right? It's just everywhere, even in the jungles, even out in Africa and, and places like that where no, they're not, they, they know about it. It's like a worldwide thing, and it's a very scare, scary thing. And that's what Habakkuk was in this situation. He was thinking about that. He was like, God, what is going on? So follow with me here. It's in, starting with uh, verse 5 of chapter 1. Look at the nations and watch. This is, this is God uh, answering him. And be utterly amazed. This is God answering him. Okay, so he gets through talking all this stuff, you know. He says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am to do something in your days that you would not believe. There's a lot of bad things going on, God. Well, I'm getting ready to do something in your days. So he starts speaking to Habakkuk and he tells him, I'm getting ready to do something big. I'm getting ready to do something big. Even if I were, were able to tell you, he goes on to say, even if I told you, you, you couldn't even believe it. So, so God's got some things in your life and in, in your heart that, that he wants to reveal to you, but you're not even prepared to understand it yet. You're not even prepared to really go there yet. So, so maybe he's holding back a little bit and waiting for you to get prepared and get ready because he's really ready to do something in you, but you've got to get to a place where you can hear him. And he says, for I'm going to do something in the day you don't believe. And even if I were, uh, were told, I am raising up the Babylonians, a ruthless and impetuous people, okay, who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings, not their own. They are a feared and dreaded people. These guys were tough. They were, they, they were people who, who, who like to enslave people. They like to pride themselves on how ruthless and, and angry they are and, and mean they are and how they take over nations. They would put, they, a nation was a trophy to them, and they were, they were, they were, humanity was out, out of the question for them. They were people who were ruthless people. They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, 
fiercer than the wolves at dusk. These are scary people. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from far. They fly like an eagle, swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence, and their hordes advance like a desert wind, gathering prisoners like sand. They mock thing, kings and, and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all the fortified cities by building earthen ramps they capture for themselves. So God's saying, Habakkuk, I'm, I'm just reiterating what's going on. You know, <laughs> you know what's going on. Yes, they're tough people, but I'm getting ready to show you something that you would not believe if I didn't speak it to you. <laughs> you would not even see us get, you would not even see it if I were able to tell you. So here's what he's doing. He says, Habakkuk, I want you to understand, first of all, I've got a plan. <laughs> the, the things that are going on in this world, they're nothing to me. I have it all under control. And you know what my plan is? It's you. He tells Habakkuk, this is, my plan is you. I'm going to use you. This is something I'm going to do through you. I want to use you. What's, her, what's God's plan for my life? You. What, what, what's God's plan? He's, he, he, what's overarching plan? You. Uh, the church, what, what's the plan for the church? To bring God's heaven to earth. To bring heaven to earth. And he plans to use Habakkuk. That's what he's saying here. The plan is you. And, you know, Jesus is, you know, when Jesus went away, he says, I'm coming back. But, but until I come back, I want you to be busy. I want you to be doing what I've called you to do. You are my plan, church. You are my plan. You are the vision for this earth. We are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. This is our opportunity to shine. This is a time when troubles are up, when things are heavy. This is our time to step up and be the church. This is our time to step up and be Jesus. We need to be Jesus. We don't sit back. We don't hide. We don't go away. We don't go in caves. And No, we stand out. We stand up. We stand out, and we be who we're called to be. So what does Habakkuk do? And this is something. I'm going to give you like three quick things um, that are very practical things that you can do to hear from God, and then I'm going to give you some, some inspiration after this. So I'm kind of doing it opposite. Usually I give you inspiration application, but I'm going to application and inspiration today, okay? So in... Chapter 2, he says, this is what Habakkuk says, and what he does, he says, I will climb up into the watchtower, and I will wait. And I will look to see what the Lord will say. Then the Lord gave me this answer. He says, write down what I reveal to you so you can read it with a glance. So the first thing we get from this is we need to withdraw. His watchtower. He got away. There's so much going on in our world and in our lives. We need to find an opportunity to get away. You already do this in the practical. It's called vacationing. We like to vacate, right? We like to get away from things. We need a new perspective so we can get our hearts and our minds right. We need to get away from our work lives, the busyness and all that. We got to get away from that. We call that vacation. Well, you need to vacate your spirit. You need to get away. Uh, that might look different for you than another person. Maybe yours is just early in the morning in the back room of your office or, or on the back porch. Mine is a back porch area. I go out. Uh, the, the dogs have cleaned my office area, so I have to go outside now. You know, we got some new dogs we've had for about 
a few months, and, and so I have to go out in the back porch area. That's my getaway. If, if not that, there's, there's other opportunities I take. I go for a hike. I, I've got a little hiking trail around my house over behind our neighborhood. If I can't get a, a, a real um, feeling from God or, under, you know, I'm trying to hear from God, I go and I vacate. I go somewhere. I start hiking. I go to the beach early in the morning sometimes. Sometimes I'll just go and sit on a bench by myself 6 o'clock in the morning or go out on the beach next to the waves, and I'll just listen to God. I'll just, I'll just get alone with Him and just, just get away from everything, get away from all the thoughts and, and, and all the things that are going on around so that I can hear from God. I, I try to do this almost every day. I try to get away at least once a day because, you know, uh, there's a lot of busy. I got kids. You know, they're all over the place. Things are going. I got dogs. They're running around, right? Um, and then you church people are in and out of my house all the time. I mean, I can't get away from you guys. I mean, y'all are just always there, you know? Y'all love me a lot. <laughs> I love you too, guys. I love you. I love you. Don't, don't stop coming to our house. But... Uh, <laughs> Lisa Marie. Uh, <laughs> Lisa Marie in the house. <laughs> Just playing. Um, but it's, uh, you know, God, you know, you just have to get away. I have to get away from you guys sometimes so I can hear God, so I can speak to you, right? Where's Leon? Where's Leon? Where's Leon? He's with God because he needs to hear from God so he can help you, you know, so he can, so, so he can have these messages to present to you, and you need to do the same thing. You know, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And Luke, it tells about that. Jesus had to get away. If the Son of God had to get away, we should, need, we should get away. We should find our place. It doesn't have to be far from your home. It just needs to be a place, a place. And then we need to wait. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because that was the last message I, I left you with um, over at the hotel, right? We're going to wait. And we went into a big thing about waiting, but waiting is really hard. So when you get along, you need to, you need to just wait for a minute, wait for a minute. Because busy is a part of our conversations, right? We like to tell people we're busy. Because if we're not busy, we must be doing something wrong. But sometimes God says, you don't need to be busy right now. Chill out. I like chilling, okay? Life is way too busy. I like to chill with Jesus, okay? And take some time and chill with Jesus. Get in your place and chill with him and just listen to him. Just, just be with him. Be in his presence. And uh, I heard, I've heard it said that hurry is the enemy of prayer. Because a lot of you aren't hearing from God, and God is getting ready to tell you something, but you're just too busy. You're thinking about the next thing you have to get to, right? I've got to get to work. I've got all this stuff to do. I've got the kids to, to drop off at school. I've got to go pick up food. I've got to go to the grocery store. I've got to, you know, you're thinking about all your, your plans that day, and you're not even stopping to, listening what, to listen to what God has to say to you or what he has for you. You, you haven't done that. So we need to wait. That's why the psalmist says, let all that I am wait quietly before the Lord, for my hope is in him. My hope is in him. And then you need number three. He says, I will look to see. I will look to see. You need to go to God's word. Some of you are looking for an answer from God, and God's word is right there in front of you with all the answers you need. <laughs> I can't hear God. I can't hear God. I don't know what, you know, what he wants me to do with my life. Well, he says right there, go out and make disciples, preaching in the name of, you know, baptizing in the name of Jesus and, and doing all that I've done. And, and, and that's what we do as a church, you know. That's, 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 that's the thing. Some of you are like, I'm trying to, to, uh, 
to, to find out, find this job or whatever, but, you know, I'm really interested in this, this, this job, but it's, it's kind of unethical, and there's some things I'm not sure about. Should I do it? Well, I'm trying to hear God. Well, let me go to Scripture. It says something about ethics in Scripture, and I'm pretty sure you aren't unequally yoked with somebody, even in a business context. Let's talk about relationships. Oh, I, want, I just can't hear from God on, on this relationship. Like, if you're single today, I, I just, I'm just trying to hear from God. Well, I'm pretty sure in the Bible it tells you what a godly woman should be and a godly man should be and what you should be looking for first. But we put that over there and we're like, oh, I can't, I got to hear from God. I can't, I can't hear. Uh, and he's like, my word is right here. And we need to get back to the authority of scripture, guys. We got to get, there's a lot of opinions in the world and you're listening to the wrong opinions. You're not listening to God's opinion because that opinion fits your needs. And God has something better for you. And he's asking you to go to scripture and look and see. I will look and see. And it's easy these days. We've got Bible apps. We've got technology. We've got all this stuff that can help us. We can actually type in this, a subject matter. Oh, I, I'm, I'm looking, you know, for this or looking for that. Or, uh, you know, what, what's the, what, what should I um, think about, you know, relationships? What I, should I think about friendships? What should I think about in family? What should I think about the church in? And you can just type this stuff in. What does God say? And, and, and things just pull up. And you can just read this. I mean, it's so easy. Used to, we'd have to go through about 10 different <laughs> concordances. I had books, you know, in seminary. I had to learn to do it the old school way. And I have it wrapped around me. I have like 20, 20 concordances just to look at one scripture. And I'm like, my dad had to do that. He had like bookshelves of stuff, you know, in his office. And now we got it down to one little software package. And you guys can basically study like I can study now without a seminary degree. It's beautiful, and we have this stuff available to us. We can read the Bible, and I'm not telling you to do a deep Bible study. Just, just open up a devotional, whatever you're dealing with. Open up a devotional. Spend time with God. And then you need to write it down. You need to write down. This is where it gets the, 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 the dream comes in, the dream preparation. You need to write some stuff down. What is God showing you? Whether it's God or not, just start writing it down. Make your bucket list. Just start writing. Just have that piece of paper with you. Have that technology with you if you have to, as long as you cut off Facebook and, and, and Instagram, okay, because that distracts you from what God's trying to tell you. And how many of you have been in a prayer session and you're like, I'm going to lean over and look at Instagram just to make sure, you know, that, that my post went up? I, I'm guilty you know, especially with church stuff, you know, I want to make sure my church business, you know, everybody's getting that out or whatever, or getting out, or I want to check the email and make sure that's happening. And I'm like, whoa, 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 I got to come back over here. Because the most important thing is, is just be with God and begin to write things down. And this isn't necessarily what God will fulfill, guys. This is just God helping you dream. It isn't necessarily what God's going to fulfill tomorrow or even in your lifetime. I mean, Abraham had things that weren't fulfilled in his lifetime, but he dreamed. He dreamed of a better place, right? He walked in faith. That's what Hebrews says. He walked in faith, dreaming of a better place. Even though he didn't experience it, he gets to see it from another perspective now. You're going to be able to see it from every little thing that you do in this lifetime. You're going to be able to see it from another perspective. Let me move on. And then you need to review it. Review it. That's why it says he looked at it at a glance. He, he, you need to take and look at it. Go back and look at it. 
And make sure it wasn't the pizza you had the night before, you know. <laughs> make sure it's God. Go back to it. Review it again. Is this God? Is this me? And ask God. Just, just review it. I've dreamed dreams about this church that you would not believe that I just, I'm almost afraid to share with you guys. <laughs> I've got them written down. I've got them. I, I meditate on them. I pray about them. And whether God will fulfill them or not, who knows? But I believe it. I believe he can. And I'm, I'm, I'm taking steps towards that. We need to review it. So those are the practical things. You know, get along with God. Go to the watchtower. Go to the watchtower. Uh, withdraw. Wait. Wait on God for a little bit. Don't get too busy. Read his word. Like, listen. Listen to him through his word. That, that's where he speaks the best. And then write down that stuff that he reveals to you. And don't just leave it. Go back to it. Go back to it. Go back to it again and review it. So let me give you some inspirational stuff. I titled this message, What Are You Seeing? So with all that being said, what are you seeing, church? What are we seeing? What, what does God want us to see? What are we seeing? You need to see God dreams, God visions. What, what, what are you seeing? I love how Paul says it, and let me just, just say it through his heart. You know, he's, he, he wants us to have, I just love how he just prays for his people. He prays for his churches. He's, he's like, I keep asking that God or the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. He says, so that you may know him better. See, that's his, that's, that's, we just want to know him better, Jesse. We just want to know him better. We want to we grow closer to him because we can't hear his voice unless we know him. He, he, the sheep know their shepherd by his voice, right? All right. There's a lot of shepherds out there leading people in different directions, but we know our shepherd, so we just grow closer to him, that, that, that we would grow closer to him, that you may know him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. He has a glorious inheritance available for you. And this is something that you can have personally. And what I hope is, my hope is, is that we can share this glorious hope together as a church, as we watch lives change, as we bring all the pieces of the puzzle together, as we grow as a church, as we are able to influence the city for God and, and bring heaven to earth through the vision he's given the house, but that you individually would learn what your piece to the puzzle is in this world. He's got a piece to the puzzle available for you. So how do we do it? How do we do it? I've got a long scripture here, so bear with me here. Okay, I know we got, we got uh, it's, 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 a, it's a little late, but uh, how many of you are feeling it? Are you feeling God? Is this speaking to you? Okay, all right, all right. Just bear with me here. Second Kings 3, 9 through 14. So the king of Israel set out with the king of Judah and the king of Eden, Edom after a roundabout march of seven days. Does that sound familiar? Sounds like... Uh, Joshua, Jericho, all that good stuff, you know. They were doing the same old thing, okay? Same old thing, an old vision. The army had no more water for themselves or for the animals with them. So they were getting in, they were in trouble, right? And then, I love this. Uh, the king says, what? 
What? What? <laughs> What's going on? What? Exclaimed the king of Israel. Has the Lord called us three kings together only to hand us over to Moab? But Jehoshaphat, this is the good king, by the way, asked, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord through him? And officer of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, son of, of Sephat, is here. He used to pour out water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Eden uh, went down to him. And Elisha said to the king of Israel, what do you have to do with each other? Go to the prophet of your father and the prophets of your mother. So he's like, what do you have to do with each other and and me and all this? Why don't y'all just go and talk to your own prophets, right? And then, and then uh, the king of Israel says, no, <laughs> he gets real strong because it was the Lord who called us three kings together. Okay. It is the Lord that called us together as a church, right? It's the Lord that called us together. We can, we can easily go our own ways and do our own things and listen to God on our own. But he says, no, he has brought us together. He has brought us together for a vision, for a dream. He has brought us together. And Elijah says, surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, if I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. Now that's the lesson ending of itself, that Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat was a good man, a good king that loved the Lord and practiced integrity and, and sought after him. And Elisha wouldn't have even helped them if this man hadn't been a good king. Be good kings, be good queens, be good kings, uh, good, good, good princes and princesses of of our father. Amen. That's just a little side note there. And he says, I would not even look at you or even notice you. And here's what Elijah says. Let me just give you three quick things and then we'll be done. Second Kings 3.15, verse 15. But now bring me a harpist. (laughs) Bring me a harpist. I was going to ask one of the musicians to come up here and play behind us, but I'm not sure how the tech's going to work today, honestly. I'm a little scared to do that. But isn't it something about when I'm speaking and there's music behind me that just invites the presence of the Lord in? And prophets often, this is biblical, this is in Scripture, this is in church history, they often were prophetic under the anointing of music. So, There's something about being in the presence of God with music. And he says, while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha. So my number one thing is dreams are birthed in God's presence. You got to be in God's presence. Guess how you get in God's presence? Number one, come here. Because when people are together, the presence of God is here. And where does power come from? For things to happen in the presence of God. Uh, Seeing what are you seeing? And able, to be able to see, you need to be in the presence here, now, with God's people, with God, with God. So we need to create atmospheres to dream. Get in an atmosphere. Put on some music by yourself. Listen to God. Listen to God. And then on to verse 16, he says, and he said, this is what the Lord says. Make this valley full of ditches. Make this valley full of ditches. See, Jesus always required a step before a miracle. 
You know that. Look at every miracle that took place in the New Testament. The man, the, the, the man with the withered hand, stretch out your hand. The lame man, take up your mat. The man with leprosy, the man with leprosy, go to the muddy Jordan River and duck seven times into it. He always gives us a step in order to fulfill his miracle. So number two, dreams go from inspiration to participation. You got to start taking steps towards that dream. It's okay to dream, but if you're just dreaming, you're just a dreamer. You've got to start fulfilling that dream. You've got to start taking steps towards it. We need to start taking steps as a church, amen, towards that dream that God has placed in front of us to fulfill in this city, in this land, in this nation, and in this world. He's called us to so much more than just here. He's called us to great things, but it starts here by taking small steps to bigger things. Are you willing to take the first step? Are you willing to take the first step? You've got to do something. And then my last point is you don't give up. You don't give up. Dreams continue regardless of what you see. That's why we, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, guys, you feeling people. Because this is a feeling generation. I just don't feel it. Can I go back to that? Even when you don't feel it, even when you don't see it, even when you don't know anything, God is working. And I want to dig into that a little more next week. I'm going to do a whole message on what God is doing even when you don't know, see, and feel. 1718 says, for this is what the Lord says, you will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water. (laughs) And you, your cattle, and your other animals will drink. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord, and he will also hand Moab over to you. Dreams continue regardless of what you see. Let's pray. Father, let's just all close our eyes. Father, help us see. What are we seeing, Lord? Begin to reveal, begin to speak to us, begin to show us, Lord Jesus, the things that you're revealing to your church, Lord. Uh, we we, we want to be dreamers, but we don't want to just be dreamers for the sake of being dreamers, God. We want to be dreamers for the sake of, of knowing your, your, your vision for our lives, a vision for that. We want to hear you, God. And we know you speak through dreams, but open us up, Lord. And don't let us give up, God. Don't let us give up. Continue, and let us continue regardless of, of, of what may be in front of us. There may be bad things happening in the world, God, but you, this is nothing for you, nothing for you, nothing for you. You can make water rise up in a dry land. You can part red seas, God, and we can walk through them. It, you, you cause pillars of fire just to rise up in places, God. You cause suns to stand still. You can, you, can keep, you can stop planets from rotating, Lord, by the power of your voice. What a big God we have. What a big God we have. So, God, we want some God-sized dreams. We don't want to dream little dreams. We want God-sized dreams, but we don't want to just dream. We want to walk towards those dreams. God, help us be great dreamers. Let's be a great dreamer. Dream church. 
Can I change the name of this church to Dream Church? <laughs> dream Church, Lord. We want to be a dreaming church because salt always makes a difference, and a little bit of salt goes a long way with all heads bowed and all eyes closed. Some of you in this message, maybe something stirred up inside of you. You know, maybe you, 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 you but in a different way. Maybe, maybe you're in another place where you don't even know this God. You want to hear from this God, but you don't even know this God. You have to know him first before you can listen to him. And in fact, he's probably been whispering to you his entire life. And that's what brought you here today because you were, he was whispering to you. And if that's you today, you can give your life to Jesus, you can make him Lord of your life, and you can begin a journey with him. You can begin a life with him now. Amen. And all you have to do is he who believes on the name of the Lord will be saved. He'll be rescued. You can have a relationship with him. We live in the last days, a day in which we can know Jesus personally. And if you would pray this with me, if that's you today, pray this with me, receive him, and he's going to change your life. Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God, and you died on the cross for my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life today. Make me new. Make me a new person, Lord. I'm with you from this day forward. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Can y'all give God a hand shout of praise? Hallelujah. Thank you for being with us today. Again, I'm, I'm just going to cut us off now, uh, and, and you can go on your way. But, uh, but if you continue to give, saltchurch.org slash give. You can text to give as well, if we can have that up on the screen, tech team. Uh, and, or uh, you can, tech team? Uh, um, and uh, is it up there? Okay. There we go. So you can give us uh, saltchurch.org, 84321, text to give. Remember, you're giving to a greater purpose, a greater cause. Salt always makes a difference, and a little bit of salt, what? Goes a long way.